evening. Welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Today we have a special show. We have Willie D. McClung. Am I saying it right? That's correct, yeah. All right. Awesome, awesome. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you. I uh, was saying earlier, I was um, going through some music and stuff I was putting my feed, and um, I came across an album from your old band, and people don't know, it was Wild Boys. And a lot right. of people was like, what happened to him? What happened to him? Like, nobody knows. It's almost like a mystery. You guys came out. And I can tell you the first time I heard you guys, and we'll talk about this a little bit. Then we always do a lot of new stuff. We're going to go to that in a minute. I was working at some company, I like at a record warehouse as a college interning. And that CD came in. It was like the only CD covered by that label too that was like rock too. And someone goes, hey, long hair, you might like this group. And I played it. I was like, oh, wow. Like every song was totally catchy. Like the perfect pop songs. Like so clearly the strong pop background. And then, like, obviously, it was gr grunge came in. Everybody got wiped out in one fell swoop. I think if you guys were signed a little earlier, maybe you guys would have a better chance, I think, you know. Um, yeah, I, gr I agree with that. I think we might have had a chance. You, 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 your songs are too good. I mean, obviously, at that point, everyone's copying each other. And it was like, you know, copy of a copy. And it was just so many. But eventually, the yeah. music will, would water through its own, you know. Right, right. Yeah, I remember... Uh, Specifically, our record label was on Sunset Boulevard and it overlooked uh, the Roxy Theater in yeah. Hollywood. And I'll never forget, we were up, we were up like the 20th floor or something, and we were answering a lot of fan mail. And I looked yeah. down on the marquee on the Roxy, and I'll never forget it. it. It burned, it's just burning my memory now. I looked down on the marquee and I see Nirvana, and I'm like, Who's Nirvana? I've, I've never heard of them before. Next thing I know, <laughs> you know, it was it was just everywhere. So it was it was definitely uh, it was definitely the movement that 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 took the bands from Hollywood off the map. You know, it oh, just it took yeah. us off. But you know, I, I think there's you know there for a while there was some nostalgia going on that people were looking for that stuff and still to this day i get people reaching out to me for any demos or anything that's out there you know there's still a lot of people that are yeah. into the music which is uh which is kind of cool i like that it's it's really it's really um really a neat thing well i think it's great i think it's hard sometimes an artist will do one thing and then they want to keep growing as an artist and i think people have heard you and this is my opinion, like there's a certain point in life when you're in your teens, in your early 20s, when you're, your responsibilities, your life's different for most people. And it's like the very impression, the impression of your music is what kind of stays with them forever. Then you got someone like me who's right. a dork. I just, I, just, I just listen to music all through my entire life. But there's less of people that do that than just kind of like, oh, there's that band. So that's why a lot of artists, they, you know, people are always like, they, that's their time. You know what I mean? Right. I, I do think right. it's a better time. I do, I do think the 70s and the 80s, up into the early 90s, or we're a better time just musically across the board. But I agree. agree. I just think the songwriting, because I'm a, I'm a songwriter guy. And, and and that's what I think. And it really comes down to, if you took back all the looks of the band, there were some great pop songs you guys wrote. Anyway, you know, those, um, you know, we definitely weren't breaking any new ground with our stuff. We were just trying to make hooky songs that you could, you could, uh, you know, you could listen to it once or twice. And you knew the chorus, yeah. you know, so that's what we concentrated on. We never had an agenda to really sound like anybody, but I know a lot of our stuff kind of sounded like great white and 
there's a couple of songs that sounded had a little Def Leppard in it, and you yeah. know, we definitely weren't breaking any ground, but you know, nobody was until Nirvana came out, you know, and and of course somebody like Tool, you know, right. but well, uh, but you know, and I'm big fans of that music. I mean, I, I love that music, but it definitely uh, it definitely pushed us aside. But, you know, it got to the point to where it was getting really kind of saturated and oh, yeah. some of the best bands were still just copies. So I understand why it happened now at an older age. Of course, back then, you know, I was on the road and Nirvana was following us back home uh, as we were traveling across country. And, you know, it was just kind of weird. You know, it was it was definitely a weird thing. But um but I get it now. I mean, I understand well, it. You know, it, it yeah. Music's got to change. It's got to adapt. It has a, I, I, you know, if you really look at music, it has like a 10 year, has a 10 year cycle, like rock, classic rock, you know, like disco, like everything kind of just cycles through after a while, you know, the metal years kind of like the early eighties to the early nineties. Like it, it, it kind of goes through, you know, in wide swaths of the genre, not just like exactly what style of music, but then, what happened was I think a lot of bands were forced to change as a music, as a musician. And that's what, what is really interesting because some artists tried to go towards just being a copy of another, of, of that style. Some artists said, okay, right. I'm a songwriter, <clears throat> I'm a songwriter and I'm going to, you know, change my songwriting and make it current, but not try to copy. And I think that was more of a Jamie right. Lane thing. I think he tried to, he tried to not copy it because their other albums weren't really copies, but they were trying to change. It didn't get met with the same amount of love as the old war and stuff. But I'm saying, I felt like he was trying well, something different. You know, um, some copied. Some well, I love I, I, you know, I actually performed with him once yep. um, on the strip and uh, loved Janie. You talk about a great songwriter. Yeah. That album is solid from start to finish. You know, I, I love that album. And yeah, it was it was quite a it was quite a turn from the album previous. But man, what a great songwriter. I mean, Jamie Lane just, you know, bless his I agree. heart, man. I mean, you know, but I, I agree. You know, I agree. Just I mean, great. I mean, for my generation, probably one of the best songwriters out there. Good pop, but good, good pop sensibility, though. I mean, it didn't really matter what kind of music he was doing. He could just take his style yeah. and put it into anything. You know, he could have right. been. He was around nowadays. They could stick him in Nashville, and he'd be a good arena country rock pop songwriter. If you know what I'm saying, they allowed him to have that chance because that's just who he was. So Absolutely. I appreciated him doing the change of trying to say, "I'm I'm going to be me." And those last couple albums he did with them, I thought they were kind of interesting. I thought right. he was trying. It, right. it wasn't a copy. It was really an effort of just trying to evolve as a songwriter, which is different than copying. You know. Right. Um, right. And then a lot of people just didn't know what to do. And yeah. a lot of musicians kind of were like, what, what, you know what I mean? Now what do I do? Some people gave up, got different right, jobs, got right. things. So what happened to you guys and to where you are now? That's that's the better part of the thing because you're jamming now. <clears throat> well, you know, Wild Boys as a group, once things, once Seattle started taking control we kind of imploded a little bit. We tried to record a few songs and they were some cool songs. One kind of sounded kind of like Queensryche and one kind of sounded like Pearl Jam. But yeah. ultimately with 
everything going on, you know, because, I mean, we were back in our heyday, you know, when we were on the strip, we were kind of like the band after Warrant. You know, we were the band that was selling out Gazaris and Roxy and, you know, on a, on a monthly basis, we were playing those pretty big time. It was us, Kick Tracy, and Wildside was was real yeah. big at that point. But we just kind of imploded. And when we imploded, I kind of went back to my roots. You know, in, in some of the Wild Boy songs, you'll hear a little Southern type of soul going on, which I think was mainly for me just because I was born and raised in Alabama. So, you know, I, I grew up listening to, you know, Skinner and, and Almond Brothers and those types of things, you know. But I was definitely a product of the 80s. You know, I, I was I was a huge Motley Crue fan, huge rap fan. I, I, I loved that stuff as a kid. You know, that was the stuff that I listened to, right. you know, going to high school, you know. Yeah. So we just kind of imploded and I kind of went back to my roots and I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to write a couple of couple of more country songs and a couple of the guys helped me do it. And then after I did that, I kind of just laid low for a while. I decided to go to work, you know, decided I had to get a job. So I started a business and I got married and had a family. And now all that has come to fruition. So, you know, the music was always there. And I just kind of thought, you know what? I think I'm going to get back into it and I'm going to, I'm going to write some songs. You Were you know? singing it all for fun and, with the fans at all in the in-between? Or did you just totally stop? Yeah, I was doing, I would, I would play shows here and there around town doing covers, you know, right. not, not, not doing any original music. No, but your you voice, know, but, so I'm talking about working your voice as a muscle. And that oh, was yeah. I mean, that doesn't go yeah, you know, I, I, I play, a certain voice. That's I, play, high. I play, I play, I play gigs all over. You know, I'm in Southern California, so I play gigs all over, you know, doing right. cover music, but not really identifying as Willie D, you know, the artist, right, yeah. just kind of a guy in a band, you know, just to, to have fun, to, to kind of, you know, it just kind of fulfilled me a little bit to be able to get out and sing. Yeah. What were you doing? And then covers? I started like, like, like Southern stuff. Southern rock covers. You know, I would do every. I would do everything from Skinner to to Zeppelin to, you know, we were even doing Tool. We were doing Rage Against the Machine. We'd do Bad Company. We would do just the whole spectrum. You know, we were we were doing kind of a a, a real rock and roll show. You know, not not getting really specific. You yeah. know, but just rock. You know, so. I did that for many years, you know, and then decided, you know what, I think I'm going to take take a shot at writing a few more songs. And one of the first songs that I recorded, I went to Nashville and recorded with a friend of mine that I went to high school with that's had a lot of success in Nashville. And he hooked me up with some musicians and I wrote a song with one of the members of Wild Boys. And it was called Cry Baby Hollow, which is about a a little spot in Alabama from where I'm from that is like, it's got this backstory of where an infant was lost on a bridge back in the old days and the place is haunted and you can hear the baby cry. 
So that kind of got the ball rolling. And I wrote that song with Matt from Matt Stevens from uh, Wild Boys. Yeah. And as I was doing that, I hooked up with this buddy of mine that was helping me out. And he had all these songs that he had written with some major songwriters in Nashville. And he said, man, I'm going to send you a bunch of these songs and I want you to listen to them and see if any of them talk to you. Well, a lot of them did. So we ended up recording those. So most of those songs that you might be listening to right now yep. are actually written by some pretty big songwriters in Nashville. So I decided to try that route a little bit, but I still got some of my own music. You know, I still write, you know, like, I don't know if you're familiar with Moonshine Christmas. That's one of mine, you know, kind of a anti-Christmas song, you know, that was written during COVID of 2020. So you're too right. You have double white Christmas. You have two Christmas songs, right? The double white Christmas. You have that one and, and that. Yes. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote both. I wrote both of those. Fun. I wrote both of those. That, that that shows you the redneck side of me. <laughs> but anyway, um, I've been fortunate enough. You know, I, I got to play shows with uh, Dwight Yoakam. I got, I did, um, played with uh, Tim McGraw, Brothers Osborne. I've done a few shows and I've got a big show coming up in a week um, with Chris Young. He's a pretty good, he, he's a, he's a country artist. My stuff's a little more rock and country. We kind of consider it Southern rock. Yeah. But, um, you know, at least I'm getting out there, getting to present this live music, you know, this original music in a live setting, which is, which is really good. I, I enjoy doing that. Well, you have a good sound and it's really interesting to go back and knowing the old, the old stuff and then listening to your new stuff recently. Cause I was curious, probably like most people are. I'm like, well, what's he doing now? I mean, he's got quite a voice in this guy. Just couldn't just go away, you know. What I mean, he's a singer. So hearing you, then listening to that music, then going back and hearing the old stuff, and hearing the, the crossover or the similarities, and I can hear some of the old your your new, you know. I can hear it now. Before it didn't stick out as much to me before. Yeah. Your voice, um, you know, but but there's, there are similarities because it still rocks, you know. There still is the rock and roll presentation. There is a way of you know sometimes the lyrics. I think you say whiskey whiskey bottles is in, is in the old stuff and the new stuff. You still kind of have the visual lifestyle references in some of your songs. You know, it's a visual thing. There's still some rock riffs or you know, whether Southern rock or metal rock. It doesn't really matter. It's still riffy and it's still jamming. You know what I mean? Just, you know, it's still a, a show, which is, you know. I didn't want to go traditional country. I wanted to have that rock edge. That is definitely something that is on purpose. I wanted it to be guitar heavy. You know, and it was real important for me for it to have that edge, you know. Um, seems like country music is, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there. There's a lot of drum machines. There's a lot of acoustic with a lot of space. And I decided, you know what, back when I was in the Wild Boys, I tried to do what everybody was doing. Yep. Let's try to do something that nobody's doing right now. You know, let's let's try that route. So I kind of identify my stuff a little bit more with the Southern rock than I do country. You know, definitely with that, like you say, that guitar riff. I think it gives you more flexibility. Like you can play with country musicians or you can be you know, play with rock bands or Southern rock bands. I think it gives you like, you know, the, the, uh, you know, three different styles you can kind of open for. Because if you got electric guitars, right. Southern, electric guitars and blues, then it kind of, you can kind of go into the Zeppelin audience. So because they got a lot of folk country, 
depends on what song going on with them. And you can kind of go, so, I mean, you shouldn't be locked down, you know? And right. when did you decide to stick your, you really dedicate like a couple of years ago, right before COVID? Cause you only have like an album or two out as I was looking right worth of stuff out. Right. Right. Well, I did put out a, a, a first country album. I wrote with a, with a buddy of mine that, really didn't identify with what I was looking to do. There's a lot of good songs on that album. It's called Dust and Smoke. And it, it's it's not really, it was really not what I wanted to do. Um, I may revamp some of those songs in the future, but yeah. the Keeping the Country Alive VP, this, this new one that I've got out called We're All About That, which I haven't started promoting yet. I figured I'd wait until the holidays. We'll we'll do a bit. We'll start doing videos uh, for yeah. a couple of those songs. There's one particular song on that EP that I really think has a good shot, and that's uh, "Southern Tears," which was written by a songwriter that works with uh, Johnny Van Zant. Uh, he reached out to me. I don't know if you heard that cover that I did with my band called "Don't Misunderstand Me," a little bit more yep. rock song. Um, he reached out to me and said, man, I've got a song that I really think that you should listen to. And I think you should do it. And of course I'm thinking, ah, you know, I've got 50, 60 songs, you know, already recorded, ready for albums, you know? And I was like, oh, all right, well, yeah, send it to me. I got to tell you, man, first couple of bars I was in, you know, so I really have high expectations for that song. And I hope when it comes time to, promote that song. I do it right. There is talk. There is talk of doing a video with Skinner on that song. Um, some of the members, we'll see if that happens or not, but we, we have, I've spoken to Johnny Van Zant in a roundabout way. And when the demo was sent to me, Johnny was singing on it. So, oh, wow. Um, yeah, so he's heard it and I'm kind of hoping that will, 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 will come about, but you never know, you know, you never know, you know, Skinner, Skinner's been out on the road for months, you know, and I think they're finally on a break right now. So I'm hoping once the holiday's over, maybe we can do something with that. But if not, I still want to move forward with the song because I think Southern Tears has just got a real a real good shot, you know, yeah. but, uh, that little think, EP is, um, that little EP is kind of rocking. It's kind of rocking, you know? Yeah. Have you heard it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it, cool. It, that's the thing. I think like there's a good crossover in the audience that that was saying earlier. I think it's very much as we age on, you know what I'm saying? We still like the old stuff, but the new stuff, you kind of change your, right. yourself the taste. And I think it's a perfect blend really for a lot of the fans, you know? Um, Honestly, I think I, so I too. I think so. I think for people that I, I think people are looking for something. You know, I think people are 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 looking for something. Maybe the rock audience is looking for something because there's not really a lot being presented right now in that genre that might uh, appeal to them. So we'll see. You know, wh it's, whatever it's happens with me, you know, I'm yeah. having a great. I'm having a great time doing it, you know. I mean, I'm working with some of the best musicians in Nashville and yeah. uh, just really enjoying what I'm doing. 
the band I've got's really rocking here in California, you know. So um, I'm just having a good time, you know. I mean, that's that's really that's really. That's one of the best things about it, is it? It's weird. I think, like, there's a resurgence from bands from that time, so there is uh, an appreciation. So there is an audience there, kind of already built in. Some of yeah. those bands are not. Yeah. If you make an album nowadays, it's not so much with the money. I mean, you make it from the label, small label per album or whatever. It's not the same. So a lot of album making now is for the love of it. You know, so it's singles and singles usually Absolutely. go to the younger audience, unless you can get on a soundtrack or a, or a game or something with it. Then it's the best. Then it's good money there. You know what I mean? So if you can tag on to something, or you can get on a video, right. you know, get, get Skinner, you know, whether it's Johnny or or get Ricky or some of those guys on it, you know, just to help cross over to to introduce you to that audience, a little little extra push would be helpful. You know, um, I was hoping. Yeah, I was kind of hoping maybe to get to do some shows with them. I don't know if they're gonna be packing it up but I, I see ricky's doing his own thing right now ricky's got his own little band going so i've met ricky before really cool yeah. dude love those guys very very uh inspirational to me that band. you know it gets to be right. real expensive but uh you know it, it's just it's like i tell my wife you know she um she's so supportive you know and she understands that this is just something about it's just something about a musician that the music part never goes away. You know, it's really hard to let it go. We almost got to have that outlet to get it out. So, yep. you know, she's she's really understanding. And, you know, I do. I, I go to different places. To, I've recorded. I did some videos in in Alabama. I still got I've still got a place in Alabama that 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 I can go to. It's some family land. It's like a, a farm where my, my grandmother lived. And um, I still, I own that. So I still go out there and I shoot videos. So, you know, I'm just having a good time, man. That's, that's, that's what it's come down to for me right now is, you know, I'm not, if fame and fortune doesn't come up upon me, no big deal. You know, I'm, I'm okay just as long as I can still make good music and, and have people like you appreciate it. You know, I just, I feel yeah. like, again, I feel like there's a group of people out there that are getting kind of ignored as an audience that, that, you know, want some music that, that some of these newer, bigger artists aren't putting out, you know, it's, it's, it's a different world, you know? Well, so economy wise, I just enjoy it, man. The, the, the economy wise, like, so like when you were in wild boys, and I was this probably same age, and and we had you had just you either didn't have money, you had no money. If you had to go to the shows or get the music, or you had disposable income, it wasn't like you were. It wasn't like you. If you had money, you weren't like, oh, this goes for my mortgage. And then in your twenties and thirties and stuff, you started right. having kids and jobs, and and going to shows isn't as important. Or I really like to do an album by the band, but you know, I got this going on. I'll just listen to the radio. Now, all of our kids are in near the end of school or. Or you're more financially secure. You have a little bit more of that expendable money again now. That's why these M3 concerts, these rock yeah. things, and all these bands are being able to go out and do these flyout gigs and doing making some money on a flyout gig. Fantastic, because right. that group right. is out there now with some money now to put back into the bands and to support them again. So there is an audience with money out there to support this kind of music. You know, 
It's just getting to the right people and getting on the I, right I stages. Feel, I, I, so. That's right. That, you've hit it right on the head, trying to get it out there. You know, of course, we've got Facebook, Instagram, all that social media, TikTok. You know, I try to, I'm a little heavy, I'm a heavier on Facebook than I am everything else, but I'm on the gram and I'm on TikTok. I, I try right. to get stuff out there. But it seems like the majority of my audience is on Facebook and Instagram, you know, so. I think it's eight, that's eight, what I really mean? And yeah. now it's like Facebook is almost, I mean, older and then Instagram is more towards the older and middle. And then like TikTok is younger. I almost feel like it's starting to age kind of, kind of weird myself posting for, for, for stuff. Um, right. But yeah, I think it's way to, I think I also think videos is the way because it keeps it out there and you get revenue because if people are streaming, like I think I'm a big supporter. I've started doing uh, lyric videos for people because I think it's a great way to keep the music going because even people at their desk at work listening to YouTube and they put on the, your, the stream of your album off of YouTube, you're still streaming. You have copyright from revenue from there, at least. You know what I'm saying? But regardless of who Absolutely. does it, it's still, it's still another platform people are listening to. There's YouTube. YouTube um, has their own uh, radio or music channel. So it's right there, you know? Yeah. I just tried that recently. So that's why I've been trying that. And it's just us on there. I can just listen to everything on there. And it streams right that's, from there. That's cool you that know. you do the lyric videos. I like that. I like that. We'll, we'll yeah, have to I just talk. Start, yeah, we will. We will. I just started doing that. Um, when we, you know, before we were Wild Boys, we were Dorian Gray. And, yeah. And we were out on that strip every weekend, man. Every Friday, every Saturday, we were out there doing the promotion thing, doing what those old school bands did, you know, like Poison yeah. and, you know, handing out flyers, you know, talking to people, mainly girls, <laughs> you know, but anyway. You guys that, came that in. Was that, was, that was terrible, that scene. Well, but you guys came in, it feels like Poison did their thing. It feels like Poison kind of came in, like Van Halen, and then a bunch of other bands, but then I'm talking about like bands that really into the party thing. And then like he's like poison, and then when poison left, I guess kind of warrant kind of filled it, and then warrant left. You guys kind of came in and filled that spot. It's like you know what I mean, like everyone was in line towards the end. You guys just happened to be the last in line before the party door, before the party ended. You know what I mean? You got a couple songs on the dance floor. And they're yeah. like, all right, yeah, it was fine. Nice <laughs> Party's over. It, it was it was it was kind of sad to see that era come to an end, man. I mean, you talk about just having a good time, playing music, and having a good time. Yeah, I mean. I didn't go to college. You know, I dropped out of college to move to California. And of course, my mom and dad hated the idea, you know, but um, I, the first time that I went to Sunset Strip, I went to the Roxy and I was 19 years old. I just moved out from Alabama. And do you remember a band called Odin? Yep. You ever heard of Odin? Oh, yeah. Yep. I was neighbors to Odin. I lived with a bunch of guys in Burbank. Well, they're notorious we for the metal years, right? The metal years. They yeah, were notorious yeah. for that scene. He never lived down. Absolutely. And just FYI, they were playing, and Randy O blew my doors off, man. Yeah. I'm sitting there watching him going, I'm this kid from Alabama. I'm like, man, I am out of my league. I mean, they just... I mean, that place was lit up. Just FYI, Randy O is how I turned into Willie D. I, oh, really? I like that idea of him having that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so That's I really made cool. a decision right about then that I was going to go from 
you know, I never been, I never went by my last name. It was always too hard. You know, I always went by Willie D and that was, that was the moment that I had decided to do that. And I still kind of follow Randy a little bit. He moved to Tennessee and I kind of follow him a little bit on YouTube and he puts out a video every once in a while. Does he? I'll but, have to check him uh, out. Did you, did you ever friend him? Contact him like at any time? You know, you know, we were friends, but I don't know if he would remember, you know, but, right. uh, you know, we're talking something that happened, you well, know. I just feel like, like you, you, knowing him and talking to him and being on the scene, like, hey, I dig your influence. Like, just to talk to him and stuff. I'm not saying, you know, yeah. you know you're stalking You know who there. I was really, I was more friends with the Duncan brothers, you know, Jeff and Sean. Yeah. I mean, I partied with those guys as, as, as little partying as I did, but, you know, at 19, 20 years old. But, um but yeah, I was I was real good friends with Jeff and Sean. You know, they they were living in Burbank, right down the right down the street a little bit. You know, and we used to kind of party together. I, I remember the the first party that we had in Burbank. Uh, we had played a show at one of the we had played a show at the Country Club, and I, like I said, I was nineteen, twenty years old, and Armored Saint is in my living room. You know, and that was like, whoa, you know, that was really cool, you know, to, to see Armored Saint. So anyway, I've got I've got a million stories like that, you know, but um, those were fun times, man. Really good times. Well, those are great. I thank you for sharing some of them. And uh, you'll, you'll be back again. We have more. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll have you back Absolutely. again in uh, 2024. Um, but I wanted to have you on. I want people to check you out, support your EP, check out thank your Christmas you. songs, your anti anti Christmas songs. A lot of support of the blue of, of uh, Paps <laughs> um, in your videos there. So I mean, it's fun. It's fun music. I think it's a good transition for people. You know, it's it's happy. It's happy. It's you know, it takes you back to just being enjoying music, enjoying what you're doing, having fun, enjoying family. Thank you. You know, sometimes you don't need brain surgery in your songs. You just need to smile and tap your feet because it feels good to smile. There's nothing wrong with just rocking around. Absolutely. Smile, you know. You can have some some other stuff too if you're right. in the mood for it. I don't always feel like being heavy duty. Sometimes I just want to tap my feet, have a drink, you know, and hear right. the riff. Right. So, people, check them out. There are the links underneath it. Got a lot of music coming out. Um, that's the way to go. Thanks, man. I appreciate it.